You're listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. Welcome back to Evolving Truths. My name is Alexis Ray, and with me is my mama, Shannon Day. Hi, mom. Hey, Lex. I liked that little pot. Shannon Day. I'm good. Okay, so you're good. I don't think I had asked that yet, but I'm glad that you're good. What else about your day? (laughs) Day's been good. I've gotten some house cleaning done, which has really needed to happen. Changed my sheets, went for a run. My running partner today was the wind, Mm. but I did it, and it was still beautiful. So feel good about that. Now I get to come here and hang out with you. How was your day? I had a productive day as well. Woke up this morning feeling like I was on the verge of a headache. Went to a massage therapy treatment. At the end of every massage, he gives me a feedback report as to what he felt in my body. And the reason that's important is because I'm hearing progress back from these people that are taking measure on my body on a consistent basis and the things that I've been doing to manage my symptoms is working. And that is awesome because it's so much effort. It's validating. Yes, so much so. That progress is more than just my health. I think that validation can relate to you of like, oh, I had a good run and I can see the progress of my consistent performance recently or someone else making progress with how they're eating and how that feels like their clothes are fitting. All of those little things just really stack up. So to get that after so many weeks of consistent treatment is nice. Was able to mitigate getting a headache so far coming to the end of the day and have won that. Whoop whoop! I'm excited to be here with you. I'm really interested to see how this conversation plays out. After last week when we asked each other questions really made me think I don't think we ask ourselves those questions often enough or those types of questions. It's so easy just to get caught up in life. It becomes really difficult to find the time or make the time to sit and think about some of those things. So that's been staying with me a lot since our conversation. I think you hit the nail on the head of recognizing making that time has to become a priority. And how you choose to process those questions and answer them, whether you choose to do it in a playful manner with your partner, whether you do it with a group of friends on a Friday night, you know, get together game night can look different for everyone or whether you print off a bunch of questions and answer them in your journal. And hopefully Um, they lead to other questions. 100%. Every time we answered a question, it led down a rabbit hole. Yeah. This idea of knowing ourselves has brought me a new question that I am about to propose to you. How do we actually define ourselves? Is it my job? Is it the habits that I have? Is it my ideas and thoughts on the world? And then... After I figure out what I think about all those things or how I show up in all of these areas of my life, is that still really what makes me this question of self? That's a big question. We all have identities. 
am a mom, if you're in a relationship, you're a partner, what you do for work. And oftentimes if you go out to a get together and you're meeting people, we ask, what do you do? That typically tends to be a first question that we ask when meeting someone, whereas we talked about asking different questions. And so when you're asking this, are you asking having all these different identities and how do they go together or our true self? Is it what motivates us to act certain ways? I love your counter question to my question. Maybe a little backstory could be helpful. So I am currently reading a book that is a guide for people living with chronic illness because that is what I'm dealing with now in life. That's kind of hard to Mm -hmm. own as an identity. I guess we're talking about self, right? So we'll keep that in there. But in this book, one thing she says as a quote, there's sickness in my body, but I am not sick. And her next question is in that sentence, who is the I? The reason that I'm bringing this to you is with evolving truths, the entire idea behind it is that we can evolve and change. And the reason the tree is our logo is because we grow as trees carrying all of these lessons and stories behind ourselves. But at what point do we have to shed everything from our past lives, previous chapters. For me, it's accepting that adjusting to my health, which I've been doing unconsciously for many years now and just didn't realize that it fit in this category, but realizing that this is my current reality. It may not be my forever and I am not attaching to it being my circumstance for the rest of my life. I'm hoping that it's not, but in the season that I'm in right now, accepting this version and letting go of these past versions of myself that had high energy, that could knock out a hundred things on a to-do list in a week versus now I'm like way more slow paced. And this huge change as to what I think my eye is. Yeah. Part of that is because we put labels on ourselves. And again, I think with those labels or with the identity and what we think it's supposed to be or what we've been taught it's supposed to be. And if I'm hearing you correctly and thinking about this question, which I wrote it down, who is I, regardless of a label that you choose to accept and put on yourself or, or your identity, like mom, lawyer, like whatever those things are at the core is you. I mean, that's the I. And when I'm saying at the core, I mean, your beliefs, your values, your personality, your sense of humor, the things that make you, you, while they might show up in different ways in those different identities or roles that you have in your life. The challenge is really getting to that in terms of what do I believe? What is important to me? Which was one of the reasons we thought it would be interesting to do the episode we did last week. Like I said at the beginning, we just get busy and we lose our beliefs or our core values or why we're doing things. Yeah, getting swept up in the rat race and then everything that becomes our habit becomes our identity and 
we forget that we can change if we were willing to break it down to the basics and ask the question, why do I believe this? Why do I keep doing this? Is this something I want to keep in my life or not keep in my life? I think that's what I hear you saying. It's also interesting, as you say, the things that your list of personality, value, habits, and I, those make us us. But at the same time, like the habits that I have today are different than the habits that I had 10 years ago. And I've had to let those go so that I could become this version of myself now. But we get so attached to the identity. Like I remember after my concussion in 2012 and being told that I couldn't play basketball anymore on a collegiate level, the plan that I had in place was not going to be my plan anymore. And the crisis of losing this sport because my identity was wrapped up in being a basketball player or you saying last week that going through separation and divorce was one of the hardest things. Like how much of that was a detachment of the identity of being a wife? Totally. And when that stuff goes away, how painful it becomes because we're clinging on to this expectation of what we think ourselves are made up of. Yes, we attach our personal value to what our identity is. I felt that I was valuable in life because I was a mom and a wife. My value didn't come just from me being me. So then when those identities change and if it's given us value in our lives and we feel that's what we've been getting it from, when that identity changes, that's huge. I remember you struggling with that when you couldn't play basketball anymore. And that took me a long time to work through after being separated and divorced. Oh yeah. I can't speak to the separation and divorce, but after basketball, like I got rid of all of my shoes, my freaking like nice collector shoes that I should have kept, got rid of all of them. I got rid of all the clothes. I got rid of anything that felt like a reminder of this life that I had just poured sweat, blood, and tears into for the past five years and how angry and resentful I was. And what recently going through this regression of symptoms through the fall of 2022 and now adjusting to life again, having to shed identities of, oh, I'm this powerhouse of energy and I'm this go-getter that always work hard because effort equates to outcome and I'm outcome and achievement driven. And it just sucks when everything that you think makes you up goes away. And what do you do next? Well, in my case, it was a lot of tears. It was a lot of time spent on trails. It was a lot of time breaking down that thought that I am valuable, even though I'm no longer married. I was still a mom. I still am a mom. Being able to look at myself and provide some grace around feeling like a failure, coming to grips with that and getting to that piece of core, just what's inside and what moves me to do things. No longer 
attaching as much value to identity, not putting my worth based on what I'm doing for work or am I in a relationship or not in a relationship? My job, am I reaching to the top of that? Being okay with what I've chosen and what's helped to make my life better or things that I did. I know this is something you're definitely sitting with and going to have to work through. And another big piece of this is, especially when things are uncomfortable, we want it to be done pretty quick. And we want to have like, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. We've heard when you lose someone, the levels of, of grieving, right? There's five, (laughs) all those different things. And so we expect like, okay, sweet. You know, I feel like I got through one now I'm going to two and now I'm on three and then boom, you're back at one. It's not linear path and life isn't a linear path. So being okay with that. I have learned over the course of many life lessons, things happen in revolutions. So I actually feel like we're moving, you know, kind of in a circular path, but like moving forward at the same time, like a corkscrew kind of thing in certain types of lessons and they come back up, for instance, grief. And I can use an example of grieving relationships after a breakup because you'll feel okay for a while. Like, yeah, I'm crushing it. I'm moving on. I'm feeling good about myself. And then occasionally a trigger can come up and it takes you back to missing that person. And you're like, dang, I thought I was over this. Like, how did this come up again? And what I've recognized in those revolutions of grief is that every time it comes back up, I'm letting go of something new again. I'm detaching from an old expectation of what I thought it was going to be in my mind in that specific category. And I hadn't approached it yet because I hadn't been triggered by that specific thing. And when you said feeling like a failure, That hits for me, especially going through this regression of symptoms and having to detach from what has made me me basically my entire life. Being an overachiever, getting things done, outperforming, like I've always thought that hard work will pay off. And when it comes to my health, like I can put hard work into consistently going to my treatments and making appointments and doing what the physicians recommend to me and staying on top of my daily regimens. But I can't outwork this condition. And quite honestly, I've had to learn how to do the opposite, which is rest. And that is like a freaking death sentence in itself. I can't work harder at being well. Today, I mentioned I felt like I woke up feeling a little headache-ish. And I basically just at the beginning of the day had to give myself permission of if nothing gets done that I planned on doing today, that's okay. And it'll still be there tomorrow. And it doesn't mean that I'm less worthy. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to get done. I am participating in 10 treatments. And I am consistently doing the things I need to be doing at home to be in good shape. And if I get a headache at this point in time, it just is. I think a piece of this is really giving thought to how do we define 
hard work because I feel like as you're talking about, and you're like, no, I have to do these treatments and I have to do these things. You're missing the part of giving yourself credit for the fact that you're doing these treatments, you're adjusting daily, sometimes hour by hour, that is hard work. So in this case, I throw out to you thinking about how it is that you define hard work. And it sounds like you're still using that old framework that you've had and not bringing it into this space of recognizing what you are doing is hard work. And rest is one of the hardest things to do. I know I'm busting it to just be able to feel decent enough on a daily basis. And I am busting it to give myself grace and compassion and permission to show up every single day, however I need to show up. And I'm proud of the growth that I've made. And I also sometimes still cry about the fact that like, I'm not the girl that I was last summer. And that's okay. That's part of the hard work. I think about it on the grand scheme of life, using experiences as an example. I had to shed the identity of a basketball player to then become a student. And I had to shed the identity of becoming a student to then transition into my career. And throughout all of those transitions, also learning to take on identities of relationship and self-care, going from being a competitive sport to just learning how to walk on a daily basis because that was enough to take care of myself and from diet culture to just eating enough in a day of whatever I want and like being happy with that, like all of those shed identities or evolving truths as to who I think I am today have led me here and getting to the point of being okay with who we are today. We answered all those questions last week. And that's a snapshot in time now of January 10th, 2023, the values, the habits, the thoughts and ideas that make up this version of ourselves right now and being okay with the fact, because it is a fact, that that is going to change. And it could change six weeks from now, it could change six hours from now, it could change six years from now, but inevitably, it is going to evolve. When we don't evolve and others around us do, I think sometimes that's when we end up with disappointment, extra frustrations, extra stress. And especially if we go back to that thought of really being true to ourselves and getting to those core pieces that make us us, then as those identities change, we're going to be okay. And everyone gets to define their own okay. To define okay for me is just to wake up every day and to be grateful to be alive. My basic needs are met with some stress on the occasional basis that I think anyone deals with of like, oh, paying my bills. And But I wake up every day and I get to have these opportunities to live life. And everything on top of that really is just a bonus. What's being okay mean to you? From what we talked about last week when we defined success and self-awareness, right? Being okay to me is that person who looks back at me in the mirror says, you did good. You can feel good about what you did. 
today, this week, how I faced challenges that might have come up or made decisions, spoke up when I needed to, stepped back when I needed to, all of those things, regardless of what role I was in, if I stay true to those things, then I feel like it's going to be okay. Mm. Everything is going to be okay. Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. I love that movie. And in it, there's a character who always says, in the end, everything's going to be okay. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. That was a really good movie. I love that movie. I might need to watch that again. I was just going to say that. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to need to add that to the list in the next couple of weeks. Okay, so I do have another question, follow-up question. The conversation today came about because I've been forced into a situation with my health that has pushed me to shed an identity or to shed these thoughts of what I thought were me making myself up in the past year of 2022. So my next question kind of connected to that is having a growth mindset for ourselves to be willing to walk towards shedding those pieces versus the fixed mindset of I'm perfectly fine with where I'm at unless life throws something at me and then I'll adjust accordingly. On Evolving Truths, we're pushing more towards that growth mindset and shedding shedding what old truths we have held about ourselves so that we can become these next versions. But what place does a fixed mindset play in our experience? I'm going to go back to that fixed mindset of me. I need to be okay with what I've done that day, what I've, and mind you, when I'm saying that, I'm not saying it in a way of, hey, I'm okay with just like going along and just see what happens. But that if I was working on something or had goals that I did those, that I handled myself well in a road rage incident, someone else was raging, not me. Where it could be beneficial is making sure that I am staying true to those pieces that make me really who I am. But I love that corkscrew analogy when it comes to going through things. That's a great way to think about it because I think sometimes when I think about something as not being linear while we'd like it to be, I think just zigzags or squirrelies. And I love the corkscrew because especially as you go through things, like you said, each time you're a little bit farther along, but it's not exactly the same. So that fixed mindset to me is still keeping in that peace and respecting what I've learned from things, which the more true I can say to myself, I feel like that makes it easier to adjust when things come up or to deal with them. I'm sorry. I need you to say that last part again, where you're saying like when things come up, it's easier to process because you're fixed in some of your truths. Is that how I'm understanding it? If we're staying again, true to us, then even when we get hit with challenges, that's what guides us and how we're going to handle those challenges. Hopefully helps us deal with them in a way that's as positive as we can. And that's not going to cause additional issues or bring up other things that we're going to have to deal with. We can cut this whole part if it didn't make sense. 
No, I think it does. I'm not saying that what you're saying doesn't make sense. And I love that we're seeing this differently. But I think the reason I'm seeing it differently is because to me, fixed mindset is just someone that doesn't change. And it's someone Mm -hmm. in the sense that maybe life hasn't pushed them around as much. And so they haven't really had catalysts to force them to look at these things. Or we started out by talking about questions that we've asked ourselves, you and I, questions that we've asked ourselves to dive deeper into getting to know ourselves. There are so many people on this planet that have never done that and never will. Yeah. You're thinking about it from a fixed mindset of this is who I am. I'm not changing. Deal with it. I think so. Yeah. Last week, we talked a little bit about purpose versus chance, and it was in context of encountering others. But maybe only certain people are destined to be pushed around by life (laughs) the way that I feel like I have been pushed around because not everyone could tolerate this amount of change and hardship and growth and death and rebirth of self. So you're saying you got this challenge because someone believed you could handle it? I'm not trying to say that, but I'm also trying to say that I feel like I've met people in life that they've been like, yeah, my life was pretty happy-go-lucky and like I really haven't dealt with that many hardships. And then I'm just over here feeling like I could list like 15 things. Like, how does that happen? I don't have an answer for that one. I do feel like when we are struggling with something and especially if it's at times in our life or seasons, as you refer to them, where it feels like it's one thing after another, after a while, just out of frustration and being tired and feeling like in this endless cycle of things coming up, you start to go, why? Like, why? And there are those who maybe haven't had a lot of challenges or their challenges are different than ours. We may not always see them or know them or they've chosen to ignore them and not use them as opportunities for growth. I don't know, Lex. Those are my thoughts. I can totally just admit that change is exhausting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And cycling through the seasons of change, birth, growth, vibrance, whittling away, death or winter and shedding, And then you're reborn again in this next version of your new season is a lot to digest, but it's at least worth evaluating. I agree. Mom, if I were to walk up and be like, how do you define yourself? Do you feel like your answer is different than when we started this conversation? No, I don't (laughs) think so. (laughs) Like, I mean, I, I'm me, family's key, my friends friends and relationships are key. I have things I like to do. I have things I don't like to do by me. I'm over here on the other end of the spectrum where I'm at the point of like Game of Thrones, Aria, when they just kept asking her like, who's the girl? And she's like, I'm no one. That's literally how I feel. I mean, to be fair, we are in a little bit different phases of life. Me getting to this point, I've been around a few more decades than you. 
And I think some of that comes from experiences that I've had and getting to these points where you can start to look at and evaluate what's truly important and what's not. And recognizing again, that my value doesn't come from how I identify. And I don't necessarily want to say how I identify, but roles, like we've talked about as identity, but I'd say roles that I feel or things that I do, like my value is that you wear in life. Yeah. My value is because I'm me, I'm here and I'm looking to make myself better, do better because then it makes me better in the community, better in my circle. That's where I'm at. I love that we are so different (laughs) and you'll get there. Meanwhile, I just picture myself as this cut out body shape like if it was cut out in paper so super simplistic okay there's just like the head and my arms and like it's all just empty space that then gets filled up with the current version of what I'm dealing with and then it all gets depleted again and it's empty again and it gets filled up in a different combination of relationship and family and friends and job and passions and exercise and health and then it all gets drained again and gets filled up in a different way. And really me or this concept of I is just an empty container at the basis that gets to be filled with whatever I fill it up with or whatever life tells me to fill it up with. As you were saying that I was thinking an empty body and it gets filled and then all that gets pushed away. I think some things stay and then you go through the next piece and you get new stuff on it. And then some stuff goes and some stuff stays. That's the evolving. Totally. The proportions might change as far as how much time is spent with family or what those relationship families look like. And in the season of being a young child, it's 80% of your life. And now as a 30 year old, it's 25 and school comes in and then goes away. Like I'm not in school anymore, but I'm still, I guess, chasing education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. This topic is deep, but at the same time, feels like it should be simple. However, as we're having this conversation, I feel it in my chest. I don't necessarily feel heavy, but I am having a physical visceral reaction to sharing all of this with you. Thank you for trusting me to share it. I think not only based on what you've been going through in terms of getting this migraine and having it set you back, but turning 30, things that you thought you'd be doing at this age that you're not. I feel universally, this is an age where you start to ask more of these questions and you've been asking some of them for a while, but it sounds like some of them are just deeper. Now you have a different lens for it. And that's part of the process. That's life. That's evolving truths. These opportunities for growth, if ignored, we're missing out. Mm. Growth really is a leap of faith. Going to jump off the cliff and just hope that a trampoline's at the bottom and you're just going to keep falling until you hit the trampoline. That's figurative. Everyone, please note that is figurative. Was that not the right analogy? Pick a different one. Help no, me I think out the, here. the analogy is fine. I'm like, I just want to make sure no one expects a trampoline to be at the bottom of the canyon. Yeah, it's figurative. That's really what it feels like. Just this blind leap of faith that like 
everything you're willing to evaluate and reevaluate. I love that you said that, mom. It's asking the question over and over again in different seasons of your life and continuously checking in until you get to the point that you say, yes, this does feel like a fundamental answer to me and I am going to keep it this way because I like it. I think I just got your point. It only took us however many minutes we've been chatting. No. Yeah. No. There's <laughs> that. I think that's great. One of the main reasons we're here is just to have these conversations and provide space for everyone to have these conversations. Let us know what your thoughts are on these things or did this resonate? Did it even make any sense? Yeah. What about it did make, make sense? Like, where are you in your life with asking this and identifying who is I? What makes up me? Where are you at with that? Because we'd love to hear that and know if others are thinking about this too, or it's just Alexis. I was going to (laughs) say, please validate me. I started this episode talking about the validation that I received from my massage therapist today. Like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not the only one. (laughs) That's, you know, scary in its own sense. It's nice to be reminded that we aren't alone. Thank you for listening today. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. Another great way to help this podcast grow is to share it with someone that you think could benefit or would like to have a conversation with, or maybe they would like to hear this wacky out of left field (laughs) conversation. We would love to become a part of their life as much as we have become a part of yours. Thank you again for welcoming us into your life and your space and for sharing this time with us. It truly is an honor. We'll be back next week. And until then, please remember that life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis and the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC. 